Hello and welcome to the Nitty Gritty Reviews podcast. I am Rachel and today I have here with me a guest co-host, Tristan. Hi. And today we're going to be talking about the 2015 Marvel movie Avengers Age of Ultron. This is the penultimate movie in Phase 2 and the penultimate movie of Nitty Gritty Reviews Season 1. So I'm pretty excited. And this is, uh, let's not forget to actually introduce it. This is written and directed by Joss Whedon and stars Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Hemsworth, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Renner, James Spader, and Samuel L. Jackson. There's a lot of other people in there too, but that's uh, was already quite a few to list. So yeah, I'm pretty excited to, to delve on into the grid with this one. But before we do, do you remember maybe the first time you saw this movie or your, your general first impressions, any kind of associations or, or memories? Nope. Nothing? You don't even remember like <laughs> seeing it in theaters? I'm pretty sure I saw it with you in theaters. Have no special memories of that. All right. Um, yeah, I know I saw it in theaters. I want to say I saw it multiple times, but I honestly can't remember if I did or not, which is usually not a great sign because I typically, yeah. if if I like a movie enough, I will probably see it in theaters three times. That's usually, like, I'll see it once or I'll see it three times. There's not usually much of an in-between. And uh, I might have seen this one twice. Maybe I went up to the three times. I don't know. But the fact that I can't remember, I don't know. I probably saw it more than once in theaters. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I've got. I am excited to delve into the grid. Pretty much everything else I have to say is definitely going to get covered. So on that note, should we just dive on in? Let's do it. All right. So the first category of the grid is going to be writing, plot, and genre. What are your general thoughts with this? Or did anything score higher or lower than anything else? There's one high and one low, I guess. All right. Uh, let's start with your high, because uh, there's not really, I don't know, mine are all within roughly the same range. Yeah, mine are pretty close. But uh, my highest was pace. Okay. I give it a 9 out of 10. Because, wow. Because uh, it had a lot of forward momentum. There didn't seem like a lot of low low points not not a lot of lulls there was a lot of forward momentum there didn't seem to be a lot of scenes that seemed unnecessary or that the movie would be improved by cutting it out there were some slower parts a little bit especially with hawkeye and his family oh those but, are some of my favorite parts. yeah but i mean that's, that's <laughs> part of the movie this movie is very much about family yeah uh, which the avengers in general is and um everything by joss whedon is very big on Sort of finding a family and coming together as a family, but I I thought that the pace was uh, outstanding. I guess so I gave okay. it a nine out of ten. My pace that's interesting because I only gave I gave pace a six point five out of ten. I think were this not a Marvel movie, I would have gone a little bit higher. Probably still not in the outstanding range, but a little higher within the exceeds expectations. But especially when you compare it next to like the first Avengers movie, which was just like keep going. You never wanted to end. It felt like an hour and a half long movie when it was decently over two hours, I think. You know, it just was it, it to me, at least it was nowhere near that. And it I, I felt like there were several scenes, especially some of the fight scenes. I think this is the first I could be. Well, Incredible Hulk. I take it back. Incredible Hulk had this issue, too. But that one's easy to forget. <laughs> <laughs> but this was one of the first times within the MCU 
where I felt like the action scenes just went on for too long. Really? The main one, this, I mean, like the end scene, that's great. Once they get to, to Sarkovia and they're, you know, the city's flying and they're fighting all the robots, that's great. Mm-hmm. Some great action scenes there. And the opening fight scene, one of my favorites. That was fantastic. Yeah. But some of the some of the stuff in the middle, um, like when they go to the the boat or whatever with Strucker and and get oh, the yeah. like that like I love the stuff because I, I I like the more emotional driven stories. I like that storytelling aspect much more than the action. So I like when like Scarlet Witch is in there and making them see things and you know they each have their own demons to contend with and you know that's great. I I like that aspect. And then you get to the Hulk, and it's just, it just felt like a 20-minute fight scene with Hulk and Iron Man, and oh, it, it yeah. felt so... And I, and I didn't that care. I didn't care about it. That's and I remember cool. the first time... I, I must have seen it multiple times in theaters, because I, I saw it at least twice in theaters, because I remember seeing it the first time and being like, oh, is this ever going to end? That was... Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that. And then the second time when I saw it in theaters, it was like, once that scene came, it's like okay, I can just check out for a while because the scene's not going to end when I want it to end. <laughs> like, it just... And it's just one of those... I think a lot of fans get... I mean, it's Civil War was based on this a lot. I mean, there's a lot more going on, but it's very much so. We want to see the heroes fight each other, or at least... And there's, I, a, there's always an element of that, too. Yeah. But I just felt like... I felt like that scene in particular, I'm like, I don't really care who wins. I mean, this sucks for Banner because he's going to wake up and see all the destruction he did. And that sucks. I get that there's an emotional turmoil aspect to that. And this is like his biggest fear of, you know, going green as they put it and, and causing a lot of collateral damage and, you know, endangering people's lives and, and homes. And like, yeah, there, there's real stuff going on. There's emotional weight to it, but it could have been so much shorter. So that scene in and of itself, I get that probably a lot of fans were really into it. And, you know, when I just... It's just not what I came to the movie to see. So, and then the other big thing in this plot structure took a big hit for this as well. And I know we joked about it quite a few times while watching the movie, but the Thor hot tub scene. That's, that oh, I forgot. Whole, I, all right, I got to bump it down even further. That whole storyline. And even Joss Whedon has come out and said, like, I didn't want to do that. The studio made me put that in. Like, he's even been like, I know it's bad, guys. Um, but that doesn't excuse it. Just because he realizes it's bad doesn't mean it's not bad. Like, it's still... Someone still <laughs> chose to put that in there. Exactly. And very adamant about it. Mm-hmm. And even within, like, like the whole, like, oh, well, we got to learn more about the Infinity Stones and it's introducing Thanos. And I'm like, this early on, we could have waited a movie. We just got Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, was that just one movie ago? Two movies ago? It was just one movie ago, wasn't it? And like we got a lot about the Infinity Stones there. We did not need like all we had to see. Thor could have just known like that right there. That's an Infinity Stone. We need to like hide it, destroy it, something because it's bad. He could have known to to speed up the plot and get rid of the whole hot tub scene. Also, he could have known because he had two of them at one point. Yeah. Like he clearly were held in Asgard. Yeah. They know what the they know what this is. So, actually, several categories within this. There were several subcategories. Plot structure, pace, and world building and exposition all took a hit for just, in general, the shoehorning in of Infinity Stones. Especially after seeing Infinity War and seeing where it goes, I'm like, we didn't need this much exposition. 
we know what infinity stones are we kind of know the thanos is after we could have still had that end scene and tag yeah like none of it was necessary it was just and even like vision's origin made little to no sense yeah that whole (laughs) jarvis thing uh, that's why I gave plot structure originally I gave it a 5 out of 10 but I bumped it down another one just for the hot tub scene um, so you only but, gave it a 4? Uh, no it's now a 3 oh wow um, I didn't go that low I gave it a 6 but still it would have been yeah well, that was one of my notes like the whole origin of Ultron I still don't quite get yeah like there was an AI that Stark was building but there was also a computer in the Mind Stone but there was also Jarvis, and then they like smashed them all together or something, and then he comes out like a fully formed conscious. I I, I didn't I didn't quite get it. Yeah. Eh. Like uh, they could have just well I don't know, I don't know. It's it's just I don't get it. And I feel like this was a problem with the first Avengers too. Like I don't know if Joss, I think Joss Whedon just doesn't care that much about plot. I think he's so mm-hmm. concerned about characters. And I think that's why I, I liked that. him for so long. And I still like him. Like, yeah. I don't... Or, like, his work, I should say. If you want to hear my feelings, go back and listen to the first Avengers. I go into it so much. I'm not going to rehash it. But, like, he just focuses so much on characters. But to the detriment of plot at times. And to be fair, he had a lot to fit in. And a lot of things that the studio wanted him to... Like, there's a reason he didn't do avengers 3 like he quit he wasn't fired he was like i'm i'm done with with marvel this was you know i'm i'm done i'm I'm just done and and i get it because it's just a lot of gobbledygook and it's a lot of very well made gobbledygook and a lot of very strong characters to support it and a lot of very strong visuals which we'll get into later like it's got a lot going for it but if you just take a step back and look at the plot it's like, wait, what happened? Why did they do that? Even in the beginning when Scarlet Witch, like, just lets Tony take the scepter and Pietro's like, you're just going to let him take it? And she's like, oh, yeah, he, I, I, yeah, I saw his fear. It'll be, it'll work out in our favor. I'm like, she can't see the future. How does she? And even when, like, once she sees Ultron, she's like, oh, I had no idea this was going to happen. And I'm just like, <laughs> why did you let him take the scepter? To just because it was her first day on the job. <laughs> I don't but, know. But yeah, at first I thought that was really cool. Like, okay, she's going for a little bit more chaos, a little mix it up. That's cool. I like that. But then just like you said, she's like, wow, I didn't expect this. Like, well, yeah, that's why you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> yeah. Your job was to prevent this from happening. Yeah. You did the opposite. <laughs> and now we all suffer for it. Yeah. The only other note I have. Uh, for these categories is also related to plot structure and why I bumped it down a bit is that at the end when the uh, robots are all clamoring for the uh, the button, the doomsday button, like the camera zoomed back and we see one of the robots hit the button and then the island starts to fall and then about one or two seconds later Thor is there ready to to, to go ahead with their plan to stop it or something. It's like I what, didn't. What I didn't quite even understand what their plan was because they just kept saying like, "Oh, the higher it gets, the more catastrophic it's going to be." That makes sense. Right, but I still don't know what they did to make it not catastrophic. It, which I agree is like it's still the same amount of stuff with the same inertia going in the same direction. Like I don't think it would make that much of a difference. 
It's not Wait, like... they smashed it? I've seen this movie how many times and I never got that? Yeah, they like smashed the island and then it blew up as it was falling from the sky and then it all landed in the ocean, I guess? Wasn't that the problem was that it was all going to fall in the ocean and then cause like a tidal wave or something? Yeah, that's the thing. Haven't you seen Deep Impact? Yeah, it's the same amount of stuff with the same amount of energy hitting the same earth in the same spot. Like it doesn't actually, yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of, uh, I guess they're plot holes. Yeah, which, and I feel like the first Avengers had a lot of this too. I was much more forgiving in the first Avengers because I felt like it was smaller things and it was things that like, okay, I can kind of see this explanation around why this made no sense. Like, okay, I can kind like, like, I feel like they were more minor. Whereas with this yeah. one, and maybe it's just been longer since I've seen the first Avengers, or maybe I just like that movie so much more. Yeah, I don't know. I noticed there, there were several parts in the movie where I like threw up my hands like, what the hell? What? That yeah. Any, that's not even, no, <laughs> you can't do that. So I did dock plot structure quite a bit. I think I might go a little bit lower. It is now below expectations. I'm not going to dip below expectations. I'm going to go 4.5, which is the very low end of meets expectations. And I might go a little bit lower on some of these other ones. Maybe world building exposition. We were both confused a lot. So I'm going to go 4.5 on that one too. I'll keep everything else the same. I did like one of the things that I did like in the script and this well, first I'll ask because this is going to tie into characters. Um, so is there is there anything you want to add for this category before I kind of tie it into the next category? No, it overall meets expectations for me. All right. Well, we'll still we'll give our final scores in a sec. But one thing that I did like the writing plot and genre was the character outer goals, um, because I did feel like there were I didn't feel yeah. like it was very overt. There were very strong themes running throughout this movie. Um, and there's a few different ones. There's definitely the theme of like, are you protecting people or endangering them? Like there's that, that line between like, are you being destructive or helpful right, right now? Like that runs really strong throughout. There's also a theme of, this kind of ties in with the same, but like chaos versus order is very closely tied with that one. Yeah. And then, uh, probably not probably easily the strongest theme within the movie is this idea of like, are we monsters or are we heroes? I think That's every true. single character, and this is why I said this, this definitely ties very closely into the next category. And I have some notes in there for this as well, but pretty much every single character at some point refers to themselves as a, as a monster. You have like the Bruce Banner, Black Widow scene, which has gotten so much backlash. We'll get into my feelings on that in the next category. Um, Cause I, I think I'm in the minority with my feelings on that. Um, but you get that scene where they both express that they they feel like they're monsters and you have uh, Tony Stark telling Bruce Banner, like, we're mad scientists, we're monsters. Like, he explicitly says yeah. that. And I want to say there was at least one other, I think someone tells Ultron, or maybe Ultron says they're monsters. There's, there's at least one other time. You know, uh, Captain America says something about, like, oh, uh, they're talking about the enhanced people. Uh, and Captain America says something like, oh, yeah, who would, what kind of monster would let their government experiment on them? Okay, he uses the like word that. monster there, yeah. I don't know if he uses that word, but he it, it's, it's clearly what he's saying. Yeah. So I do like those themes and how the outer goals of each character kind of ties in with, like, this redemptive end goal of, like, like, they each want to find some sort of, 
redemption. Except maybe Captain America. He's a little bit of an enigma. But then I think he maybe isn't looking for redemption, but he's looking to capture something that's lost forever for him because he's got the man at a time thing going. So it's it's different for him. I don't know what he's got going on. I think he's just like the the North Star. He's what you orient yourself to. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, so I gave I gave the character outer goal section probably a little higher than I should have because I realize it is very much so uh, much more closely tied with the character inner needs and and character yeah. arcs and all that stuff. Yeah. But I gave it a uh, I gave it a seven point five. Still, I thought it was um, definitely gave the script more depth than it could have otherwise, and more depth than than most superhero movies have. Um, so I appreciated that. I just wish the rest of the script, at least within the plot and genre category had been a little tighter so on that note unless there's anything you wanted to add what was your total score you said it was in the meets expectations range yeah it was overall pretty mad but it came out to meets expectations for me it was a 5.8 very close to mine 5.6 for me pretty much the same feelings it had a few things going for it but overall was especially for a marvel movie was really lacking yeah, I have a hard time putting my finger on exactly what could what could have been different. I mean, I really think it's a I think it's a combination of things. I think the first is the Marvel Creative Committee, which I believe Yeah. I believe Ant-Man, which is the last movie of phase 2, weirdly, <laughs> should be this one, but for some reason it's Ant-Man. Um I believe that was like after phase 2 they got rid of the Marvel creative committee and i believe it was largely because of this movie because they interfered so much i mean they you know steered joss whedon away he was like i don't want to work with this anymore and fans got mad this is one of the lesser received movies within the mcu and i mean I, i for a while i was like man i really feel like this movie gets a bad rap it's really fun it's not that bad and then I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, it's not bad. And I do think people are maybe a little too hard on it, but it's definitely a weak point within the MCU. And I, I think a big part of it is the plot. It just makes so much of it makes no sense. And I think it was it was the combination of the Marvel Creative Committee being like, Infinity Stones, you've got to make it all about Infinity Stones. But also Ultron, I guess. But Infinity Stones. Yeah. Like, that was happening. And then I think Joss Whedon just gets so wrapped up. Like, I think he was so focused on, like, like it's going to be this theme about this found family. And they all think they're monsters. But we're going to show they're heroes. And, and that's great. Like, it, I that, like that, that part of the like script. But I think he focused so much on that, that the rest of the movie, especially because he was having to shoehorn so much in for that's apparently the word of the week, shoehorn. Yeah. Uh, but he had to fit so much in for the franchise as a whole and fit in all this character stuff like he was i think he was just trying to do too much and potentially too many contradicting things or too many uncomplimentary things maybe yeah. and it just i mean it's not awful it's still better than a lot of movies out there yeah. you know it's still enjoyable i'd still rewatch it it's not like you know it's not like i'm gonna be like Oof, man once this rewatch is over i'm never going back to this one like no it's still a fine right. movie it's not whole no yeah no this is not the incredible hulk or iron man two or three i wasn't a big fan of either of those but yeah meets expectations for plot and genre 5.6 for me easily the lowest score of anything sounds about right for both of us yeah did you think the writing for characters was better 
I did think the the writing for characters was better. I mean, like I said, the I think the theme throughout of here are these characters, they each think they are a monster, and we're going to show why they're not. That's really compelling to me. I think that's really interesting. Um, and one of the things, I know this movie gets a bad rap for the Natasha storyline, which I do want to talk about. I know you don't care much about this, but it gets talked about so yeah, much. It's, it's kind of a toss Yes, and I really wanted I really wanted M to be a co-host on this one because um, they I know they don't necessarily see things the way I do with this plot line and and I really value their opinion and and wanted to have someone who who doesn't just think the way we think and um, there were just scheduling conflicts and uh, various technological issues on both sides and unfortunately it didn't happen so I'm gonna do the best I can to not just spew one opinion without taking the other into account because I do I do think both sides to the argument are valid so with the Natasha storyline for anyone who's not familiar in the controversy um so a lot well first of all a lot of people just really hate the love story between her and Bruce Banner which I will agree kind of comes out of nowhere but it's been a couple years since we've seen them in anything and they've been working very closely together for those couple of years it makes sense things would form but I I don't have that much of a problem with it. Yeah. And if you here. and if you go back to the first Avengers, like there's chemistry there. I can see why Joss Whedon would be like, "Ooh, I see what's happening there. These 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 actors and these characters, this could work." I wish he had written the flirtations between them a little better because that bar scene is awkward as hell, but where she pulls him onto her chest. Oh god, that old joke. I well, that too. I've also seen the opposite so many times. Uh, where like a woman like half falls against a man and her hand like she braces herself against his rugged chest or whatever. Like it's just a, it's just one of those dumb jokes that you just kind of throw in to say even if like, you here's what's happening. Ha ha. I think it it's kind of lazy. That's my I find that more offensive than yeah. anything. And he uses the same exact joke like like he used that same joke in in Justice League, which obviously comes after this, right. and I'm pretty what? sure he's used the same joke in other things. And I'm oh, like, yeah. it wasn't funny the first time, dude. Like, but it's 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 one of those things where like it's the quickest point or the, the quickest way to let everyone know what's going on. But I'm not even talking about that scene because that would have been the quickest way. But that's not when we see their flirtation. It's the bar scene before oh, that where it's like, like what's what's a girl like you doing in a place like this? Okay. Oh, a guy done me wrong. Yeah. What do you do with it was so bad? And it's just like, and it goes on for like, that's another scene that affected Pace that's where I'm true. like, I like forgot about that. they had a nice chemistry in the first movie and it felt really natural. And then they threw them into this scene. And like, if, if they had played it, like they were kind of drunk, I'd be like, okay, <laughs> this is a party. I Okay. We've all been there. <laughs> but they weren't playing it like they were drunk. That's true. So anyway, that's the first issue. But the bigger issue is the scene where Bruce Banner is, you know, she's, they're basically suggesting, like, we can run away together. Let's just, we've put in our time. Let's just run away. And he's like, but, like, where would we run to? I can't give you anything. I can't give you a family. I can't. And he's like, you know, what, what would we run to? And then her response is like, well, I can't give you that either. And she gives the whole explanation of like, you know, I was sterilized to become a better assassin. That was my life. That's who I am. Like, you're not the only monster. And a lot of people interpreted that. And again, I'm not saying this is a right way or a wrong way. A lot of people interpret that as saying that because she is infertile and can't or sterile and can't, you know, 
have a baby, that that's what makes her a monster. And maybe the wording could have been a little bit better. This is potentially where that overemphasis on a theme got in his way because it not only, you know, he not only focused on that over plot, but then he focused it to the point that he gave a message that he was not trying to give. And I think it plays, personally, I think it plays just fine in the movie where she's saying, like, this was done to me to make me a better assassin. And it worked for years. This was my life. I was the ultimate assassin. I am a monster. That's how I read it. And if somebody hadn't told me the other interpretation, yeah. I don't think I, I would have ever taken it that way. But a lot of people did. Like, it's not, you know, it's not like it was just one person. And and so this is, you know, like I said, why I really wanted to have another, you know, someone else with a different opinion on here. Because I know, I know M has a lot more to say and, and has a sociology degree and knows a lot more about these types of things, I guess. And I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a bummer because I think they would have had a lot to add. But what I, what I think is really weird is if you take that interpretation, she can't have offspring, therefore she's a monster. Doesn't that also apply to Bruce Banner? I, yeah. Then why is no one offended by that? Why is there no outrage about that? I mean, that? I do why think... Why is everyone okay with that? My, I would counter-argue, I agree, but I would, I would say that a good counter-argument would be that his... The way he worded it was not like, oh, I can never have a family. It was, I can't give you a family. So I could I could see how it could be argued that the, the focus is still on the fact that she can't have a family, whether it's because he can't give it to her or because she can't have it. I, could, he, I could see he was, that. He was making the exact same claim. He cannot yeah. have a family with her. She cannot have a family with him. They were both making the same claim. Yeah. I think I'm, that is a bizarre double standard. Some people are super, super critical of every single thing a female character says and does and will judge everything in the harshest light possible and completely ignore the male character who basically says the same thing. I find that a very bizarre double standard, especially for people who claim to be like empowering women, that, that they have to be constrained to such a tight, tight role under such a powerful magnoscope. I get what you're saying. I and I, I don't love it or a lot of people do at least. I don't know. I don't think there's much I can add without steering this in a two-hour podcast about something <laughs> other than Age of Ultron. Uh, I don't. I don't think you're wrong in that statement. Uh, I just think there's maybe, maybe a bigger a standard. No, I think there's maybe a bigger picture to look at, or or missing puzzle pieces. Something that I would need to do research on and pull up facts and and really look at the bigger picture to. To see, because maybe you're completely right. Maybe it's 1,000% just a double standard, or maybe not. I, I honestly can't say for sure, which again is not that that's the only reason I wanted M to, to do this episode, but it was one of the reasons, because I just think that would, their their viewpoint and their educational background would help at least add a little bit more to the picture. And I don't know, but I guess, I guess to the listeners listening, if you have anything to add to this uh, very in-depth conversation yeah. and very uh, somewhat off-topic conversation, please feel free to, you know, tag us on social media at Gritty Films, G-R-I-D-D-Y Films, email at Gritty Films or at Gritty Films at gmail.com. Reach out, talk to us, add to the conversation. I'd love to hear what other people think about this. Is it, you know, what was her character completely tarnished and, and diminished or does this add depth? Because I really think this is more, I guess, what I was trying to get at more so than a, a sociological argument or or what have you. But I, I my personal viewpoint with her storyline, a lot of people just think she was just trashed and, and reduced to the love interest and reduced to 
the stock character that's just upset she can't have babies. But I feel like, I mean, it's really, it's not even about can she have a family or not? But you, I mean, you see her interact with Hawkeye's kids. You see her, like the way she interacts with those kids and the way they interact with her, like they have a really tight bond. She's great with kids. And that's probably something that she wants. And, and that's not a bad thing. Side note, like that's, that's a thing that happens in the movie. But also like, just, if you just take a step back and it's like, like what she is saying is not, I am a monster because I cannot have a family. What she is saying is like this thing was done to me against my, and you see in the, in the dreams or flashbacks or however you want to interpret what we're seeing, like she intentionally tries to fail this test so that she doesn't have to go through this initiation. Like she does not want this to happen. So this thing was done to her against her will specifically to make her a better assassin so that she wouldn't have things other than killing people to care about. Like she was mm-hmm. raised specifically so that her only mission in life was to kill on command. That's a pretty monstrous thing. And she carries that. You see it in the first Avengers. You see it here. The whole, I've got red in my ledger yeah. and the whole like, oh, I had a dream. I was an Avenger. Like you see this theme with her character. Like she wants so desperately to atone for her past and she knows she never can and i think that's really poignant and this this idea that like bruce banner literally turns into a hulk and does things he doesn't want to do whereas she like she didn't turn into a monster she didn't turn into she didn't lose control of herself i mean she was brainwashed and she was you know in that way i you could argue she was doing things against her will she was certainly doing things she didn't want to do we see that through her character anyways i'm going on for way too long but i think it's a great character moment that she she looks at her life and what she can and can't have and what she can and can't atone for and she has to make decisions based on that and and it affects her life like of course it does like this very invasive thing happened to her and it controls like it was done specifically to her to control her choices in life yeah i i totally agree that's true of black widow that or a very similar story is true of Bruce, Bruce Banner. That or a very similar story is true of Captain America. Yeah. They've all lost something that they yearn and for even, and they can't have it. We also see that not necessarily with, with losing something and, you know, trying to, to get something back. But we see with the character of Tony Stark, like he's constantly seeking atonement and and with every movie that desire gets stronger and stronger mm-hmm. to the point that he makes ultron right. and then you see it with uh with the the maximoff twins where you know they they just want to see the avengers die <laughs> like they're right. just like like or specifically tony stark really is the main person they care about because they're like he made these weapons these weapons killed our family destroyed our right. home yep classic vengeance quest yeah he's a bad guy he needs to die and then they have to realize there's more to life than vengeance or something i don't know if that's quite what they realize but there's just every character has something in their past that they need to either atone for or something that they've lost right they're all put on it some external external force puts them on the path to being a monster and they have to choose to be a hero Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. And again, I do think, I can't stress it enough, that I do think Joss Whedon focused a little too much on those aspects. 
which I never thought I would say because I love characters. <laughs> and like I said, one of my favorite parts of this, I don't think I said it in quite these words, but one of my favorite parts in the movie is when Wanda like does whatever she does to everybody's brains and you see their different you know, what they long for. Mm-hmm. What they, and then, again, the only one that doesn't make sense is Thor, where it's like, I guess he's prophetic when he has, like, whatever. And now he's going to go to a hot tub, like that whole thing. Like, just... The hot tub didn't make sense. But him, like, he's... I don't know if he's actually the king or if he's still waiting to be the king. But, yeah, his people... Like, that's his big fear is that all his people die because he's just a destroyer. He's just a meathead with a hammer and smashes shit and he lets everyone down and they all die. So that that seems like a, a good nightmare. <laughs> I suppose if they just left it at that instead of the hot tub. Yeah. yeah. That's one of the worst parts of all of the MCU. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'd have to agree. I did like going back to their to their nightmares or whatever. I did like that, like after like when they start to recover, like the way they all react because like like black widow is beat up after that because her memory was like something invasive and something that she's been trying to forget like hers was like an experience she's already had and she like that's true you can tell like she took it the hardest and then she doesn't start to get back to normal until she sees hawkeye's kids and it's like oh i'm around family i'm safe now and then she's like starts to get back to normal i thought that was a great touch and then thor is just fine he storms off to go to his hot tub whatever <laughs> if, if yeah. anyone hasn't seen this movie <laughs> what thor has like a secret hot tub what what is going on with this movie yes it is that absurd and stupid mm-hmm. <laughs> how did you feel about the switching gears a little bit about the character development for the new characters that we see we've got Ultron, we've got the Maximoff twins, and we've got Vision. So Ultron, I thought, was overall pretty boring. Yeah. He had um, such potential. They had James Spader, and it's great. I know, that's such a bizarre choice. Apparently it was Joss Whedon's only choice. He, he wasn't. Gonna... it's so weird, and it's so... I love it, though. I know, it's so different and so weird, and we'll get to that. And we talk about acting and casting. That's true. I'm jumping the gun a little. But, uh, but yeah, as far as the writing, it was that characters. one, uh, it was just kind of boring. It's kind of like, yeah, machines are better than people. They'll kill us all. They're the new people. Yeah, whatever. That's boring. Uh, I did like the twins. I like how the more I think about it, the more I, I see it this way and the more it all makes sense and fits together. I like how they were external forces put them on the path to being monsters, but they choose to be heroes like there's that scene where wanda is uh uh on the island that's flying and being shot out by the robots and she's talking to hawkeye and hawkeye's like we're in a city this makes any sense yeah we're in a city it's flying there's robots i'm a dude with bow and arrow this doesn't make any sense either stay here that's a great choice good for you good idea do that or be an adventure and and choose to be an adventure that's probably one of my favorite scenes in the MCU. Yeah. And then when she bursts out of the building, it's like, God, I love Scarlet yeah. Witch. She's bad. It's very hard to talk about her without just doing a bunch of hand movements. <laughs> so it probably doesn't sound very exciting, but she's just visually yeah. the coolest superhero in the MCU. Hands down. Yeah. Captain Marvel's probably going to beat her, I suspect, as far as like visual look and badassery. But it's probably going to be a close tie for me. She's just... She's but even the uh, her brother, 
chose to save the people on the uh, in front of the train, right? They both were like, uh, yeah, we, we we backed the wrong team. We thought we were the hero of the story. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> Oopsie daisy. <laughs> Whoopsie doops almost caused the apocalypse. Yeah. But then they they chose to be heroes. And yeah. he chose to give his life to save someone else. So I, I really like that. That was really good. Uh, Vision I like as well because, like, he's a weird mix. And he even says that. Like, I'm not what yeah. you wanted me to be. I'm not what he wanted to be. I yeah. don't really know what I am. He's like, I'm not Ultron. I'm not Jarvis. I'm not Tony Stark. I thought that was really interesting. And he has kind of like a very different perspective on things and a, a different way of dealing with things. I thought that was really cool. I wish we had a little bit more of him in this movie. I don't know how they could have introduced him earlier. Yeah. But man, if they could have, because he's a great character and I just don't feel like we've gotten enough of him. It's very interesting. Yeah. I also think they did a good job of continuing the overall arc for Tony Stark and uh, Captain America. Oh, yeah. Especially with Civil War just on the horizon at this point. Yeah, they're both being pushed further and further into like these... Not really extremist positions, but very different positions. How did you feel about the dialogue in this one? Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were you still talking about Vision? I think I got distracted. Uh, not for character arcs. Okay. If you want to keep going in that direction, go for it. I didn't mean to completely switch gears. Uh, well, I really like that the guy who plays Vision is the actual guy who voiced Jarvis. Yeah, Paul Bettany? Yeah, Paul yeah. Bettany. But dialogue, did you have any... Any strong feelings? I have one note. I thought overall it was it's pretty good. Had a lot of little things here and there, like we've mentioned the uh, Hawkeye speech to uh, Rwanda. Yeah. Uh, a few little things here and there, which were pretty good. But my favorite was when Tony Stark was talking to Bruce Banner. He's like, we're the mad scientists. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah. Because that. that's one of the things I love about Tony Stark is he's he's an engineer. He's a scientist. He's not just a guy in a suit who blows stuff up. He's yeah. a thinker and a creator and a tinkerer. And I, I really like that. That was really cool. And, and also Bruce Banner is a scientist. I think that gets forgotten. I've, yeah. You know, it's easy to see him as the Hulk. He's the guy who smashes stuff and is basically invincible, as far as I can tell. But actually, he's, he's a scientist. He's like a world-renowned scientist, one of the best. I did, like, there were a lot of things I liked within the dialogue, but I felt like with this one, there were a few too many Joss Whedon one-liners. Like, I, I felt like in Avengers, it was the perfect balance. There was just enough humor and just enough action. Like, that was a perfectly balanced movie, and the humor just comes across great. And with this one, it just felt a little bit forced and a little bit too often or or maybe just one of those is true I'm not sure um but it just or maybe it just didn't fit the tone of the movie overall there's just something about it that I still gave I gave dialogue a seven because there was enough that I really liked that I didn't want to knock it too much um, but it easily would have been in the outstanding range had there been less one-liners yeah I can't think of any specific examples of that but I guess they're you forgettable mean. yeah but I, I kind of got that feeling while watching it. It's like, like, like I felt that maybe he had a deadline that, that was too short. Or I'm sure he probably he did. Too external, too much external pressure to do other things. Like this just I needed think... to simmer a little bit more. Yeah. Refined a little bit more. Maybe cut out a little of this, add a little of that. I think it could have been much better. And yeah. I think it would have been had he been given the, the, the time 
and the opportunity to do that. Oh, yeah. I think as easy as it is to blame Joss Whedon for this movie's faults, and I'm sure it's fair to some extent to blame him. He is the writer and director, but... I think the majority of the fall goes to the Marvel Creative Committee. There's a reason it disbanded after Phase 2, but you only had one more movie after this. Like, I think they realized, oh, crap, all our meddling was not good. Man, who would have thought we were <laughs> writing up to the writers? That's right. crazy talk. <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything else you want to add for writing characters? Nope. All right. What was your total score? For writing characters, my total score was 7.4 exceeds expectations and quite a bit better than the plot and genre. Wow, say we're really close on the same page with this one. I gave it a 7.6 exceeds expectations. Uh, Two full points higher for me between plot and genre and characters. So I think our overall score so far is the same. Because you were 0.2 less on the first category and now you're 0.2 more on the second. All right, so that's going to bring us to a category we've dipped into a little bit already, and that's going to be acting and casting. Are there any any high points for you? Any low points? There is a high point. There is a low point. All right, uh, let's go high first. All right, uh, I think they've both been mentioned, but for casting main characters, having Paul Bettany is really great, and he does a great <laughs> job. Oh, yeah. And James... Yeah, it's Ultron. Yeah, it's Ultron. What a bizarre choice in my mind. Yeah. And the way he talks is just so like cavalier and like like almost almost bored, almost disinterested. Yeah. It's like so weird. And I think that that's really neat and really cool. But I don't know if maybe that's part of why this movie didn't fully click with me. I don't know. I really like that. I don't know. I just really like it. But at the same time, it's possible that's why it didn't really have that punch, that oomph that it. All right. Who would you cast to give it that oomph? I have no idea. I'm just trying to think of like other movies where I like the villain. Obviously Avengers. That's because Loki is freaking loki he's awesome yeah and i think that's largely because there's so much like family shakespearean mythological stuff going on i I don't know this is just a weird it seems to me and maybe i'm totally wrong maybe i'm the only person who thinks this what a weird 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 choice i cannot get over how weird it is and i cannot stress how weird it is in my (laughs) mind but it's kind of neat I love it, yeah. Because, yeah, he wouldn't be, like, afraid of people if he views himself as being so superior to them. He wouldn't be afraid. He wouldn't be a... He would be slightly annoyed. Yeah. Slightly bothered. Right. It's like when a fly buzzes around your head. Right. Ugh. Ugh, fine, I'll kill all the people. <laughs> it's kind of a hassle, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really like that. Um, yeah. Uh, that was a neat choice. And then uh, a lot of his dialogue, which I guess is backtracking a bit had like religious imagery and like combined with like evolution imagery and like supplanting that which came before you yeah it was uh uh, acting and casting i give it a perfect 10 wow is that for uh main characters main characters all right i gave it a nine very close to to your line of thinking i actually gave both uh main characters and secondary characters a nine speaking of secondary characters 
I considered the the Maximoff twins as secondary characters because they really weren't in it yeah, that much. Me too. And Elizabeth Olsen gave it a big bump for me as far as, um, you know, going from meets expectations all the way up to outstanding. A lot of that is Elizabeth Olsen. I think she's great. Yeah. I was not, I didn't know who she was. I didn't even know she was the Olsen twins sister when I first saw the movie. I'm like, man, she's, she seems like a really talented actor. She's just has like a quality where it's like, she seems interesting. I was like, oh, and she's the Olsen twins' little sister? Huh. I don't know. But I just think she's a, a really great actor. Um, Emma and I reviewed Martha Marcy May Marlene a while back, if anyone's interested. She's phenomenal in that. I can't believe she didn't get nominated. And Wynne River, she's phenomenal. I just think she's phenomenal. That's How many funny. times can Wind I River. use the word phenomenal? Yeah, Wynne River's great. That also has the uh, Hawkeye. Yeah. And it's so distracting because her last name in that movie is Banner. And then they're both in it. And I'm like, why did they do that? Why did they not change her name? She's Agent Banner. I'm just like, for reals? It's called foreshadowing. <laughs> anyway, how how do you feel about... Um, I should have pulled up his name before I started asking this question. The brother? Yes. Aaron Tyler Johnson, or Aaron Taylor Johnson, uh, who plays Pietro. How did you feel? It's particularly interesting with this character because not long before this movie, we had, which was the first one, was it Days of Future Past was the first one? I think so. Uh, one of the X-Men movies where we have Quicksilver. Yeah. In that, that's the only time, as far as I know, that we've had a character in the Sony franchises, well, I guess Spider-Man, but that's a whole different story. As far as like simultaneously, there's these two different universes that have the same comic book character. Yeah. So how do you feel about that? Who do you think does a better job or do you think they're equal but different or like like how like I don't know. It's, it's just a really interesting. Well, to be honest, I think maybe the other guy, but I think that's mostly just because he got there first. Because <laughs> yeah. when I started watching this movie and I, I saw that he was this character was in it, I was like, oh, right. This is awesome. Like that scene where he takes down Magneto. That's going to be so cool. Oh, wait, nope. <laughs> That was the other movie. That was the other guy. But I thought this guy, uh, I thought he did a good job. I liked his, uh, there's a lot of like back and forth in this movie that's almost like a sibling rivalry, which again uh, makes sense with the whole family theme. And it's one of those things like, I can pick on my little brother, but if you pick on him, I'm going to beat you up. Right. There's a lot of that kind of thing going on. And I think this guy did uh, a really good job of it. Especially his interactions with Hawkeye. I'm like, oh, you didn't see that coming? I felt like he just wasn't in it enough. Yeah, and they didn't... It seems like they could have done more of the slow motion. I think they were afraid to because they didn't want to just be copying. Because that's pretty much the only thing that character... If I remember, I've only seen that movie once, I think. Days of Future Past. But that's like, yeah, like the one main scene where he puts on his headphones and runs around. I I was thinking, though, when when the Avengers are defending the uh, Doomsday Button thing, like... Okay, which one of these Avengers is actually doing the most or is the most effective? And I think it might be him. Like if he had like a baseball bat or a little baton or something, just run by and smack this guy, smack that guy. I mean, he uses his fists. And if you're going that fast, then, you know, force equals mass times velocity squared. So that's a lot of force. I don't know. That was just something that I thought of. Was there anything that was a very low point for acting and casting? Not really. I mean, I gave extras just a five. It's always a tough category. I just felt like the extras in this movie, they just looked kind of generic, which I mean, they, 
I don't know. Like, you don't want them to stand out. But but there were so many scenes where it was like, look at this person in danger. We're going to follow them for a bit. Like, there were a decent number of, you know, very short shots, but a decent number of shots where it was just extras and no heroes. And it's just all these people that look exactly the same and their facial expressions all look exactly the same. Like, it was just a very bland... There was one woman and her child that they followed through with the whole thing. It looked the same because it was the same person. Yeah, but there were others. That's not what I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I guess you could have someone running around waving their arms or... No, just like... direct them to a moat a little bit more. Like, everybody just... I mean, there were a few scenes when, like, Wanda was doing her magic to get them to leave. So, then of course, they have blank faces because they're, like, yeah. turned into robots to evacuate the city or whatever. But well, okay. I don't know. Okay. I may still give it a five. I didn't like take it below expectations or anything, but that is significantly lower than everything else, which got either eights or nines. Huh. How about you? Anything low? Yeah, my lowest was face acting. Really? Five out of ten. For reals? Maybe I should bump it up a little bit, but uh, even with Scarlett Johansson in there? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I I have no uh, uh no defense for that. Hmm. No uh, no argument. I gave face acting a nine. I thought it was really good. I mean, Scarlett Johansson alone, that's going to bring it, for me at least, from like a five to a six or a seven, easily just for her. And then I thought even there were just a lot of scenes, like during the party scene, there were so many, that awkward flirting bar scene and that, let's ignore that. Aside from that scene, like even the extras in that, I guess I forgot about the extras in that scene. There were some good extras. Maybe I'll boost. I'll boost extras because that Stan, scene had some yeah, good ones. Stanley and his uh, World War II vet buddies was pretty good. I'll go up to a six for extras for that scene. <laughs> um, but yeah, there were some great facial expressions there. Even just like, like when when Thor and Tony are talking about like Pepper and Jane, like just some yeah. of that back and forth and like their facial expressions there, I thought was great that when they're all trying to lift the hammer, just great facial expressions in there, especially the women. If you look in the background, like all the men are standing around trying to lift the hammer and then like <laughs> Maria Hill and Natasha, their facial expressions in that scene are gold. They're just, yeah, it's just gold. I can't even describe it, but just watch that scene and just look for their facial expressions. They're just so, like, unimpressed, but kind of amused and, like, possibly tipsy. Like, there's just, yeah. there's a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those, like, uh, boys. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just thought there was enough little things. Maybe I was a little bit too generous, but. That's true. Between I should bump the... it up a little bit. I forgot about the good parts. <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? I was just going to say, between the party scene and Scarlett Johansson in general, those two things were enough to bump it up to at least an eight and then another extra point because there were still good there, there were still good things in the rest of the movie, too. So my overall for acting casting is 8.4 outstanding. All right. Uh, mine came out to actually a little bit lower than yours, which is surprising. 8.2. Still outstanding, though. A little bit. We're really... Right within yeah, the, the point two. Minus two. <laughs> uh, let's see if that carries through with lighting. Uh, cinematography lighting is the next category. So overall, uh, this is kind of a problem I had with the first Avengers, and it's kind of a problem that I have with uh, action films in general, is that everything is very evenly lit, which totally makes sense if you want to see action happening. Cam? That totally makes sense, but it's just kind of meh. 
Like it, it's not very artistic. It's not very, uh, they don't do a lot to like direct your attention to a certain point. Like there's a lot of famous paintings that do that where the bright light kind of guides your eye towards something. Sure. Um, or there's TV shows and certain scenes and movies and TV shows where they do that. Uh, I didn't see a lot of that. I don't think they were aiming for that. There was nothing that was like really beautiful, like uh, the outer space scenes or the Asgardian scenes that we've seen before. It was just fives and sevens. It was well lit. I could see what was happening. So what were the five? Beauty, realism, and storytelling. Okay. I gave sevens down the line. I thought everything was lit really well, and and I would say that it exceeded my expectations. It did go a little bit above and beyond for me, Um, and especially things like I definitely... Um, if you're going to only give a little boost to something, mood is definitely one, um, that I would give. So I'm glad that that was one of the ones you gave a seven to, because there was definitely, um, like, especially with the character of Wanda in the beginning, like you just, she's almost always shot in like these really cool blue, you know, cold lights with heavy shadows. And then you just see like her red eyes or like her hands doing something with the red, and it's just, like it almost gets like poltergeisty or like the ring or like there's there's just like creepy yeah, yeah, yeah. horror movie lighting. Like there's even one scene where she like jumps backward really weirdly. And I'm like, that's totally the ring. Like that's that's just the let's put her hair in front of her face. That's the ring. Yeah, I thought that was cool, too. I did notice her red eyes uh, changed a lot. I also noticed the same thing happened with Ultron. And there were a few scenes where the two things happened at the same time. Like Ultron would like get angry or whatever and then she would i guess detect that or respond to that and then she would get like red eyes hmm. or maybe that's just like a like a defensive like shit's going down i better be ready yeah kind of thing. but i noticed that a few times well they're both i guess have power that comes from the mind stone right i don't know where she came from well, I guess she, she definitely the stone to yeah she definitely came from the mind powers. stone and yeah they both okay. come from okay. i can see that yeah, they both come from the Mind Stone. That's not quite accurate, but you know what I mean. Their origin is related to it. Um, yeah, I don't really have much else to add, I, but I really liked the lighting. I liked the the horror movie aspects of it, especially in the beginning with her character. Yeah, I thought everything looked good. I gave it, like I said, sevens down the line. What did your total come out to? Or your average, I mean. 5.8. All right, more than a point two difference. All right, so then that's going to bring us to cinematography camera work. This one I definitely have um, a little bit more to say, although my my range is pretty small. I don't really have any outliers. How about you? I have two tens. Oh, wow. What are they? Camera work. Overall mm-hmm. camera work. Oh, okay. And camera movement. I knew that would be one. I was going to guess mise-en-scene camera movement. I, c- I could see that. Mise-en-scene got a nine. Cam? All right. Well, I'll start with the obvious one, camera movement. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially like in the opening fight scene. God, that fight scene is so good. And there's, yeah, and there's that one part where, you know, everyone's doing their thing and they're running and they're riding motorcycles and they're jumping and they're flying. And and then they all happen to cross the same path at the same time. And the camera is positioned just right. After following people through and like weaving around trees and like this high action, high intensity. And then it like slows down and everyone jumps across the center of the camera. Man, that's good. Yeah. Classic Joss Whedon. Perfectly executed. Oh, That yeah. was great. And probably some of the, uh, probably 
that shot where it's like slow motion and they're all jumping. Probably the single most comic book-like shot in the entire MCU. Like I said, I'm like, this feels like a panel out of a comic book and I love it. And it really, it's like the perfect visual representation of the Avengers coming together. Yeah. Fighting together as like an unstoppable force. Yeah. And to have it at the beginning of the movie, it's also like, oh, and they've been doing this for a while now. Yeah. Like this isn't their first outing since the first Avengers. They've apparently been banding together for however many years to try and find this scepter, but. They assemble every Tuesday. Uh, yeah. I mean, I that's thought, what they made it sound like. like ever, <laughs> since, ever since S.H.I.E.L.D. went down, we've just been together looking for this scepter. Yeah. Like, how long has it been since S.H.I.E.L.D.'s been down? I feel like it's been a while. Yeah. Um, so that was just, that was beautiful. That was uh, exactly the best way to start this movie. And then there was another one towards the end where it was very similar, where all the Avengers were defending the Doomsday Button. Yes. And yeah. like the camera pans around them and goes around them in like a spiral circle thing. And they're like jumping over each other and someone will like hit a robot up and the other one will like zap them with lasers or whatever. And they're like working off of each other. And and like that was amazing. Yeah. And there were a couple times in between where there was a lot of uh, interplay and interactions, uh, especially with, between Captain America and Thor where uh, Captain America would hold his shield up and Thor would hit it and then like the shockwave would knock people over or Captain America would throw his shield and Thor would hit it or... Yeah. You know, things like that. Or even Um, towards the end when Thor and Vision are both using the hammer. It's so good. Yeah, Thor, Vision, (laughs) and uh, uh, Iron Man are all like lasering uh, Ultron at the same time. Well, yeah, but Vision can actually use the hammer. The first time oh, yeah, Thor's Thor's been able to. Oh yeah, yeah, that part. That yeah, part, where Thor's like stalling for time. It's like as long as there's breath yeah. in my breath, <laughs> I will. Are you ready? Are we this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, there was just amazing camera movement. Yeah. I don't know what else to say. Camera movement, ten out of ten for me. That's completely fair. I agree with everything you're saying other than the 10 out of 10. <laughs> I gave it a 9.5 out of 10. The only thing that kept it from a 10 for me is I still kind of feel like it was better in the first Avengers. I don't know. And I feel like it was more yeah. epic in this movie. So I'm not sure quite why I feel that way. Like even that, like the, yeah. the scene at the end where they're all like it's going around in a circle. Like that was amazing and so good. And yet... The one or in Avengers one is so much better. Yeah. And I don't know why, because there's so much more going on in this. And it like the way they're posed, like it almost looks like like that scene reminds me of like the comic book statues. I don't know if anybody but well, I know my dad is is a big collector, so he's one of my listeners. He'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but the, like there's like collectors statues of like not just comic books, but a lot of them are comic book. And it's like, you know, here, like you're always talking about, like, oh, there needs to be that action pose, that yeah, comic book yeah. pose. That's what the statues are. There are these poses. And that's, and some of them have multiple figures. And that's what that scene reminded me of is I'm like, this would be like a thousand dollar giant statue of <laughs> all these characters. And it would be amazing. Like, that's what it looked like. And it was really cool and really visually appealing. And I love it. And I get pumped every time I watch it. And yet the Warner and Avengers one was so much better. There's something about, I think because there's more, not necessarily more movement, but more distance 
Like you start on one part of New York and end up right, in a whole right. other part of New York. You, you follow Hulk jumping from building to building. Exactly. For three blocks. And then you follow Thor flying for a block. And then, yeah, yeah there was a lot more movement in that one. Yeah, that, or at least a lot more, that. yeah, a lot more distance. distance yeah. And I think that makes it feel, it, it changes the viewing experience, I think, and makes it feel more epic. Yeah. Even though I think... The, the scene, the way it was filmed, the the number of characters, the type of powers they're using. I mean, you've got yeah. throw Scarlet Witch in any fight scene, it's going to be more epic. Like just seeing the the yeah. orangish red thing, like it's great. I like I said before, I just love her character and the way she looks is yeah. just put down your drink so you can hand movement <laughs> I know. like you want. To. I literally I picked up my drink to take a sip and then I'm like I'm gonna spill this talking about Scarlet Witch, <laughs> so I set it down. Um, yeah, I, I I agree that this one. Uh, two two quick things. I think that the, the end scene where it's like spiraling around in that church, there's so much interactions and interplay and like every frame of that is like a comic book cover. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really cool. And uh, I think that's also paralleled in the end when the credits are rolling. Yeah. That's the and statue. it literally is they a statue. A, yeah. statue that's the comic book poses. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think you're 100% correct. My other 10 was for overall camera work. Okay. Which a lot of that is related to the movement. Yeah, I really like that. I'm trying to think off the top of my head, but I can't remember any anything that really stood out. That's not helping my case. <laughs> I gave it a 10 because I felt like it, I guess. <laughs> All right. I didn't have any 10s. I did have one other 9.5 though, and that was for for Mizansan. Just like I said, just so many yeah. so many power shots and so many it's just power shots. I was trying to think of another word oh, yeah, for I it. I agree. I gave it a nine. Yeah. Like all throughout the movie. Yeah. I did give, I only gave storytelling an eight. I say only. That's still very high and is the, the lowest within this category. I just felt like for as much, you know, camera movement as there was and for as, for as many interesting camera angles like that, this movie did a lot visually and it looked phenomenal and like, I mean, it was especially the camera movement. Like, it's, it's just great throughout. But did it really help tell the story that much? Okay. I mean, some of the fight scenes, I guess you could argue that that. I mean, like I said at the beginning, you can tell they've been fighting together for a long time. It's kind of like, okay, this fight scene and the way it's shot, showing us that they're working together as a team, you get that right from the beginning. So, okay. that's A lot of that's in the camera work. But... I don't know. I just didn't feel like I felt like there were maybe some missed opportunities, yeah. especially with the characters of uh, the Maximoff twins, because we don't see that much of them in that movie. And I feel like there was potential to maybe, especially in the beginning when we're like, what's going on? Are they like they're bad guys, but maybe they're not. But like mostly they are in the beginning, like there could have been more ominous. I don't know. I just... Yeah. It I, just seemed like missed opportunities. I pretty much agree with that. I think that maybe, well, I'm just comparing this to the other, uh, uh, the first Avengers movie. Um, there was a ton of camera movement and everything is very well lit, very evenly lit, but the camera is almost always like parallel to the ground. And there's yeah. very little interesting stuff with like depth of focus or yeah uh, near the camera, far to the camera crazy camera angles. There's not that much of that going on. And I don't know how much of this is Joss Whedon and how much is whoever the cinematographer is, but it's very action 
oriented. Yeah. It's very evenly lit so you can see everything and there's really cool camera movement. Um, and I think that's what they focus on. And that means that there's less interesting camera angles and there's less interesting depth of focus stuff. Yeah. Less maybe artistic stuff. Uh, yeah. Just my overall impression. Maybe I'm, that makes sense. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. No, that makes sense. I think you're right. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to add for camera work? Nope. All right. What does your total come out to? 8.6 outstanding. All right. Back to the to the two difference. 8.8 for me. Mm-hmm. Outstanding. Uh, so that's going to bring us to editing and special effects. Uh, any outliers for you? Anything high or low? Uh, sevens and nines for me. Okay. Continuity and pace, I only gave a six to, which is probably a little harsh, but it just goes back to, to the same stuff with, with writing as far as pace goes. There's just a lot, a lot of the fight scenes in the middle of the movie, I felt like could have been way shorter. And then the whole Th- the, the Thor hot tub scene, that's really, I mean, that's a problem <laughs> with the writing. That's not the editor's fault. Can we just give minus one to every category for that? I mean, <laughs> if ever there was a case for giving negative extra credit points, I would probably be like, yeah, negative for, for that scene. But no, I, but, but yeah, so there was just, there were enough scenes that I kind of just generally felt like this could have been shorter. Um, although I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a little bit higher than that because really the problems were all in the writing. I don't know how much the editor, except for trimming down some of the fight scenes, I don't know how much the editor could have done anyway. So I'm going to give it a seven instead of a six and bump it up to that exceeds expectations. Because really, I mean, my biggest issue more so than fight scenes going on too long was scenes where I'm just like, why is this even here? Like the hot tub scene, like Nat getting kidnapped for no apparent reason and then getting saved instantly. Like, why was that in the movie? Um, things like that. I feel like we've already mentioned a few other yeah. things, too. Just just a few things here and there where I'm just like, why is this even here? But it's really the writing. It's like 90% the writing. So I'm not going to fault editing too much. So I talked myself out of it. I gave a seven for that. Um, what were some of the the strong points for you? Overall editing, I gave a nine. I like that the fight scenes and action was tended to be longer shots. That's a big pet peeve of mine when there's a fight scene and it's like you see one second and then there's a cut and then half a second and there's a cut. Yeah. It just, I find that boring, actually. Yeah. Like, there's too. no real skill. You just recorded the same thing from a couple different angles. Maybe you did it two or three times and then you're like, I don't know, have bright light. You, you tell the editor and the post-production team, you know, quick cuts and bright lights and some loud music and people will be impressed. It's like, yeah, no, that's lame. I mean, it can be done. To, that there are some movies that have a very quick pace and very short average shot time that are good. But in action movies, I would say that is a good rule of thumb <laughs> if there are too many cuts it's gonna be bad i i find that to be a band-aid for lack of skill i don't think that's true if you're using it as a way to create action where there was none i agree but then yeah, there's movies I, like I mean, that's what i'm saying i i think like requiem for a dream has a ridiculously short average well, that's because of bits and pieces like when they do the drugs which I yeah. think is kind of a neat thing. But I think if you cut out those select 
parts where they go out of their way to have a ridiculously short cuts. Yeah. I don't know. I guess that's what I'm saying is it depends on why the shortcuts are there. Yes, I agree. Shortcuts. That's not, you know what I mean? But (laughs) the short clips. Yeah. Short shots. Shots. Short shots. Yeah. Like it can be used to great effect and and takes a very talented editor to pull off. Like Um, Requiem for a Dream. I would say that's, that's a good example. Yeah. So I don't think you can just say the average shot length. No, I mean, average average uh, is a hard thing to analyze in general. Right. But But I'm just saying for fight scenes, if it's a bunch of short shots, I I find that instantly boring. Yeah. Um, But I think this movie did a pretty good job of having longer cuts, longer shots. Uh, And so I bumped it up for that because that's kind of a pet peeve of mine, especially in action movies. Uh, The other one was special effects. There were a lot of them. There were a lot. And there was the Hulk transformation where Hulk turned into Bruce Banner. And I thought that was actually pretty good. And it's held up over three years, which I know is not that long. (laughs) Yeah. But I, it's so astonishingly, I'd say Almost all of the transition scenes or transformation scenes just look bad to me. It's hard to pull off. Like fight scenes. Like, just don't even do it. (laughs) Just show their shadow changing. Yeah. Or do something like that. But uh, this one actually worked pretty well for me. So that's why overall editing and special effects got 9 out of 10 for me. And everything else got a 7. I only gave special effects an 8 um, I say only. That's still at the very high end of exceeds expectations. I couldn't really go into the outstanding range with that one. I felt like it was a little too noticeable that it was CG. I mean, obviously it's mm-hmm. CGI when you've got half the cast is <laughs> either a robot or whatever Vision is or Hulk. You know, half the things you're seeing are CG, but uh, I think with Ultron especially, there were just a few scenes where it's like... Yep, CG robot. Like, Iron Man looked fantastic. Vision looked phenomenal. I'm assuming that was all CG. Maybe there was... Maybe all that was makeup. I don't actually know how they did that, but he looked phenomenal. Yeah. Hulk looked great. Oh, yeah. Way better. So it's really the the robots that that brought it down for me and and just Ultron in general. I kind of noticed that a little bit, and I think it's because they didn't rough them up enough. They look that like makes pure sense. Polished metal. Yeah. Which is like the easiest thing in the world to animate, from what I understand. Yeah. So I think maybe they could have, you know, add some dust, a few scratches here and there. I don't know. There was just enough holding holding me back from from going into the outstanding range with the special effects on this one. I also felt like the special effects were a little bit more stylized in this one, especially in that opening fight scene. Which is like phenomenal. And like I said, it's some of the most comic booky stuff. And yet it felt a little bit out of place for the MCU. Like it looked more like a Zack Snyder movie, which isn't a dig at all. Like he is say what you will about Zack Snyder. He's got an eye. He can yeah. he can make beautiful images. But yeah, it just looked a little more stylized, which I liked, which is why I still it still got an eight for special effects, but it did feel out of place for the MCU, which is maybe why camera movement didn't get a perfect 10, too, is because, like, well, this looks really cool, but it also looks a little more stylized. I don't know. 
Um, but I went with an eight for special effects. I also liked within the editing, um, there were a few instances, I can only remember one, but I think there were two where there was a cut to black and then, which which is relatively unusual. There was one when Ultron first wakes up and it cuts to black and then he's like, where am I? Or whatever. So um, where you're like, oh, a commercial break. Yeah. Let's get some drinks. Yeah. Yeah. But there was another one too. But you just don't see that very often, and I really liked it. I thought it was used uh, to great effect. I you liked, liked it. Okay. I did. I could see that. It's like a little little breather. Yeah, and okay, it was a done with that. Because the first one, I mean, when Ultron wakes up, that's like, oh, yep, we are in Act Two now. Ultron, this is Age of Ultron. Ultron is awake. Shit's about to go down. We are in Act Two now. So like having that cut to black is like a very clear delineation between acts but it also makes sense because we're like going into ultron's mind ish like it it made sense narratively it made sense structurally i really appreciated it i liked it quite a bit that's true i forgot how jarring that scene was yeah i wish i could remember the other time the cut to black was used because there was i think there was one other time but i i have forgotten that was just something i wanted to throw in there i know this category usually especially for marvel mondays just ends up being the special effects category when there's four other subcategories um so i wanted to fit that in there um was there anything else you wanted to add for editing special effects nope all right what was your total 7.8 exceeds expectations did you get a 7.6 I did not. I got an 8.1 for oh. this one. Outstanding. Ooh. All right. So that's going to bring us to the next category, which is going to be sound design. I don't really have any outliers for this one. How about you? I don't either. I do have one note. So okay. I gave fives and sevens for everything. But I do have a note that uh, for the overall sound mix is this was way, way better. Than yeah. Movies because there were scenes. And, and this is classic Joss Whedon where it's a middle of a fight scene there's explosions there's lasers there's bullets there's robots there's enhanced people there's all kinds of crazy not mutants we cannot call them mutants no I don't want to get (laughs) there's all kinds of crazy shit going on and people are dodging bullets and all that and then they stop and then like crack jokes or give it a little inspirational speech and that happens several times throughout the movie but it worked yeah. Like I could hear what everyone was saying. Yeah. And I could still hear that there were explosions going on, which is amazing. <laughs> it shouldn't be, but Right, exactly. It shouldn't be. But that's very rare in MCU, especially well, I think the uh uh Captain America movies are the worst offenders. Yeah. Uh, but I but I think it's just anything that has guns or vehicles. It's yeah. like, let's ramp that up 100%, and then you can't hear anything. But I, I did make a note of how well that worked in this movie. So I gave that one a 7 out of 10. All right, very close to me. I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. It seemed a little rough in the beginning to find just the right volume, because it seemed like, I don't know, during that opening fight scene, it was kind of like, I don't want to go too loud, or now it's too quiet. But then once I found the right spot, it seems okay. seems pretty good. So it's just a little rough in the beginning. I don't know if that's, I don't know if it's just the kind of thing where you got to find just the right sweet spot, or if I just, if it evens out after that fight scene. I don't know which it is. Um, but I, get, I went 6.5. I figure I could bump it up into the exceeds expectations range because it was so much better than some of the other Marvel movies. 
um, but really didn't do anything that exceeded my expectations that much. So I went on the low side with a 6.5. Okay. Uh, was there anything else that uh, stood out as high or low? Nothing really. Everything is between a 7.5 and an 8.5 other than the sound mix. Uh, I mean, I thought the sound effects were great and that definitely contributed to the storytelling. Like you mentioned this with camera movement as well, but just the way, you know, the everybody's weapons interact and everybody's powers interact and they're just, you know, all these different yeah. sound effects and interacting with each other and, and, you know, just great stuff going on in that regard as far as as sound effects and sound design and storytelling. Um, and then the, the score and soundtrack, I gave an 8.5. Um, I thought about going higher because that Avengers theme is super great. But I'm like, it's just at this point, it's just taking from the first Avengers and repurposing yeah. it. Yeah. And I didn't really notice any other music besides that Avengers theme. It's a great enough theme. I still went 8.5 with it, but I didn't. I gave that one a five. Fair enough. And that was the only saving grace was that, yeah, it's a good theme. It's Avengers. This is. Avengers 2, so yeah, I'll let you use that. You can double dip, but yeah, other than the Avengers theme. Yeah. That's my thoughts. Fair enough. Uh, is there anything else you want to add for sound design that uh, takes care of all my notes? No. All right, what was your total? 6.2 exceeds expectations. All right, mine was quite a bit higher than yours. 7.8 for me exceeds expectations, but on the much higher end than you. A lot of it was the sound mix. That exceeded my expectations, mostly because my expectations are so, We're so low. low. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so that's going to bring us to aesthetics. This is always a fun one for Marvel movies. I will yeah. assure you off the top, I have no hair-related rants for this one. Hair was fine. Mostly for anybody who's who's been following Marvel Mondays from the beginning, pretty much any movie with uh, with Natasha Romanoff in it. She does crazy things with her hair and it makes me so mad. But the two Avengers movies so far are the only two where that has not been an issue. She just has normal realistic hair and doesn't go from straight to curly and weird whatever. Like she's just got normal hair and it does normal hair things. Um, so I appreciated that is really my... <laughs> that alone pretty much boosted the hair score by like two points. I gave hair an 8 out of 10, which is probably too generous. But I thought everybody looked good, seemed realistic. I don't yeah. know. Okay. That's that's the first thing that comes to mind with this, because I, I always have a hair rant. Even Captain America, there have been a few. Well, first Captain America, there were a few hair rants with, with Peggy Carter. And then, of course, Winter Soldier has Natasha Romanoff in it. So there were some rants there. Um, yeah. What are your initial thoughts with this category? Uh, well, with hair specifically, uh, I didn't notice that much. Uh, I guess, yeah, no one's hair was really roughed up that much. But I did notice that Thor's hair changed throughout the movie. It started out as just like a guy with like a half, like the top half was pulled back. I don't know what that's called. Half ponytail. Half ponytail. Uh, but then throughout the movie, like he, like uh, towards the end, it was like sort of woven uh, <laughs> or, or braided. Uh, <laughs> not woven. I was waiting for you to get there. I knew you'd remember the word. We'll fix it in post. <laughs> So at the, uh, towards the end of the movie, his hair was uh, braided, and then it, uh, there was a few scenes uh, at the very end where there was like a, like a black braid 
mixed in with his hair. I don't know if it was a ribbon or if like he went to the salon and got streaks <laughs> or something. I don't know what, go, what was going on, but I did notice that. But there wasn't like for as much fighting and explosions and violence and all that, everyone's hair was still like it's true. A little, a little too, a little too perfect. Which is weird because if you look at the makeup, they looked bruised. They looked beat yeah. up. They looked dirty. They looked like people who were fighting in a, an abandoned ship in an abandoned shipyard. A place where people go to abandon ships <laughs> and then other people go to steal parts from those ships. Like the makeup did a good job of showing people being roughed up. Yeah. Hair didn't do that as much. That's fair. I really did like the uh, different locations that they went to. I thought there was a good diversity of locations, a good mix, interiors and exteriors. There's the uh, the castle. Yeah. Where uh, Hydra starts out, and we keep come we keep coming back to the castle because there's also that uh, crazy workshop where Ultron has his his whole setup. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, I like the town surrounding it, uh, the shipyard, as I mentioned. And then the movie ends with this shiny, fancy new base. It's all high-tech, state-of-the-art, shiny new technology. (laughs) So I gave uh, sets and locations a nine. All right. How did you feel about the costumes? I think Vision is a really neat costume, a really neat look. Aesthetic. The aesthetic of Vision is very neat. Um, The color scheme is very comic booky. Uh, yeah. Very old school comic. Uh, I like that. I like that he has a cape, which he gave himself after seeing Thor <laughs> wearing a cape. And he's like, yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm going to do that too. Yeah. Uh, I like that. <laughs> um, I think the robots look like robots. I do they think it's interesting costumes. that they were very, there's a lot of roundness, whereas it's very easy to make robots kind of square and chunky. Okay. Whereas Ultron especially was the like roundest one. He had like round cheek. Not yeah. cheekbones, but cheek. I don't even know what purpose that served. He's a vain robot. He wants to look pretty. So. Yeah, he has that Tony Stark vanity. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not sure what other costumes there were that we've been introduced to in this movie. There was one that stood out. We both made a comment about it. Black Widow's glow-in-the-dark uh, yeah. outfit. Was... Why does it suddenly glow in the dark? Costumes took a big hit. I originally gave it a five. That's true. I originally gave it just a five out of ten. And then you mentioned Vision, and I'm like, yeah, that is a new costume that we were introduced to that I really like. Um, and and Quicksilver and, and Scarlet Witch both looked pretty cool, yeah. too. Yeah, they did. So I went with a six out of ten. I couldn't say exceeds expectations when they took a costume that we already had and made it so ridiculous. Why did it glow? That's true. I got to bump that down. From seven to five. It didn't even look cool. Like, it neither looked cool nor was practical. What was the point? No, it reminded me of that scene in Community where uh, they throw, like, a like a gay pride party for Hawthorne Wipes. <laughs> look at me now, Dad. Look yeah. at me now, Dad. Yeah, and it was someone, I, I assume, uh, the dean, who had, like, a his, his get-up that just had, like, glow... Not glow sticks, but like glow lining around <laughs> his clothes. It was like this homemade party suit thing. And that's exactly what this was. It was like if you could get glow in the dark, uh, I don't know what they call it on clothing, but on a house, it would be like the trim around the ceiling yeah. or something. Like if you could 
you're glow in the dark that for your shirt. That's what she was doing for an assassin in a dark environment. That yeah. makes no sense. It wasn't like Hydra technology or something. Right. I mean, I think it was supposed to be like, oh, because she's got the electric things, which we still yes. don't really see her use, by yeah. the way. And like, just because something's electric doesn't mean it needs to glow in the dark. We don't need to see bright blue to be like, oh, electricity. Right. I know that color. That's the opposite, because then your batteries run out. Right. <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, my batteries ran out. <laughs> Time out, guys. I got to go plug in my clothes. <laughs> All right. Is there anything... Anything else you want to add for aesthetics? I thought I'd have more to say, but I think that that uh, covers all my notes. No, I liked that there was a lot of uh, different places. Um, I forgot how much I disliked the seven seconds that we see um, Black Widow wearing that suit. Because it's not very it was... long. Ten seconds? No, it was like the whole... Boat fight scene? That whole scene and like for the rest of the movie, practically. Oh, I think she just wasn't in the dark as much. Man, wasting even more battery life. Come on. <laughs> I think that was really the only scene where she was in the dark, but she had the same costume on. It just didn't glow. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, well, that's sense. why it on, that's why I knocked it down to only a seven. If it if it wait, I thought it that, was. I thought you knocked it down to a five. That subcategory got knocked down to a five. Overall, oh. it came down to a five point oh. Or sorry, seven point. <laughs> well, I gave it. My total came out to a seven point seven. Exceeds expectations. Would have been a lot higher if it wasn't for that damn costume. Or even, I mean, Agreed. the costume looks fine. It was just the glow-in-the-dark part. Agreed. Why? That's the real. If you're going to talk about shitting on the character, <laughs> they ruined the costume. Yeah. That's more upsetting than anything else. I mean, you could... I think it would be more interesting to go the opposite. Like, during fight scenes, you just see her silhouette. That makes total sense. Especially because Scarlett Johansson was like pregnant during filming of this movie and they had to use a stunt double for like most of her scenes really that would have made perfect sense yeah that, i think that would have been better yeah right? you see some guy looking around holding a gun and then you see a shadow and the boom, boom, and then there's no guy yeah oh, look out joss whedon i'm coming for your job <laughs> impact on film all right i'm guessing i should go first yeah all right, so impact on film. This one gets divided up into critical impact, audience cult impact, and historical inspirational impact. For critical impact, I typically just go to Metacritic, and then I'll uh, usually divide by 10 and either round up or round down, depending on my feelings. This one, I believe the total was a 66, so I went down to a 6.5. Uh, I thought about rounding down a little bit lower because I know this is easily one of the least popular Marvel movies in general. Um, but I figured for critical impact, I, I wouldn't really dock it too much. So I just rounded down from a 6.6 to a 6.5. Audience cult impact. This one I looked at uh, several different sites and kind of came up with my own aggregate. And the average came out to about an 8, which I did knock down what? pretty significantly. Yeah. Um, so I knocked it down to a 7 for that one. Because I think this is definitely a case of... Like, if you just look at the score, things rate pretty high. But if you look at it in relation to other Marvel movies, even right. with that eight, it's going to be one of the lower scoring ones. It's like on the bottom five out of 20. I mean, it depends on the list you look at. But the last oh, time I checked, I believe so. Um, I mean, usually Incredible Hulk is pretty low. Usually Iron Man 2, I think it is, is pretty low. 
And usually Thor Dark World is pretty low. And then this one's like just above those three. Bottom fifth? Yeah. Out of 20. Yeah. So I mean, bottom 25%. Um, right, so I'm going to give it a one. Okay. You're just going to give it a one? Unsatisfactory. If you were to rank them, the bottom 20%, bottom fifth would get an unsatisfactory. The next would be below uns- below expectations, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, you should do some research on your own and make sure it actually is in the bottom five, usually, because it's been a while since I looked. I don't think I've looked since we've done Thor Dark World. Yeah, a lot of people should do a lot of things. <laughs> I'm going to put a one. All right. Uh, well, I put a seven. And then for historical and inspirational impact, that one I gave a five. I was going to, I was really not too sure where to give this one. Pretty much for Marvel movies, I'll automatically give it like two points to start because it's, you know, the most successful franchise ever. Yeah. And every film has done something a little bit different to contribute to that franchise. Um, so that kind of got it two points to start. And then, you know, it set up a lot as far as phase three goes. You know, I mean, I didn't love the way it shoehorned in all the Infinity Stone stuff, but it did set up a lot as far as Thanos, Infinity War, Infinity Stones. It's It's got a lot going for it in that regard. So I gave it a little bit extra for that. It introduced three new characters that are all pretty major players. Well, I guess... I guess Pietro wasn't really a major player. Uh, although some people think he might come back after Avengers 4 if time travel's involved. We'll mm-hmm. see. Pietro? Oh, Quicksilver? Yeah. Um, so we've got him, and then we've got Wanda, and we've got Vision. And Wanda and Vision are, are two of my favorite characters in the MCU. We've already established yeah. I love Scarlet Witch. I think she's just really cool. And Vision's up there. He's probably my number two um, right now. He's just... I don't know. He's just cool. And uh, I like I like his look. I like the way he talks. Uh, I guess those are really the main two. <laughs> he's just cool. He's got style. He does. I'll give him that. Um, Jumping out of a box naked. Behold, everyone, <laughs> here I am. Oh, yeah. And I think, is this the first time Wakanda has been mentioned? Yes. Okay. Well. I think. I know Vibranium obviously yeah. has been mentioned since the I, beginning I pretty much. Is. But I think this is the first time they've said Wakanda is where we get Vibranium. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So introduce new characters, you know, very close to the end of phase two, setting up phase three. It just did a lot of stuff as far as the franchise go goes. Uh, so I ended up giving it a, a five out of ten for historical and inspirational impact. Okay. Went back and forth a lot. I wasn't sure quite what to give it. I think at one point it was as low as a four and at another point it was as high as a seven. And eventually I kind of thought about the things that I just listed that I thought it did that was important for the franchise and came up with a five from that. Because I had a really hard time with this subcategory. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll grant you that. It introduced new characters to stay throughout it and uh, sewed together uh, Vibranium and Wakanda. Yeah. Yeah. And set up. Infinity Stones a little bit more, even though I didn't love the way it did it. We had so much exposition in the last movie. I think that was unnecessary. I do too, but... Thanks, creative council or whatever you are. Marvel Creative Committee. Marvel Creative. (laughs) All right, so my average for those three scores for Impact on Film came out to a 6.17. Impact on Film? Yeah. I got 4.17. 
ones. Because you gave something a one and I gave it a six or something. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That'll do it. <laughs> All right. So that's going to bring us to overall enjoyment. Overall, did you enjoy this movie? Meh. Meets expectations. Five out of ten. Wow. It's a little lower than I thought. Yeah. It's got, it's got a lot of good things going for it. I love the camera movement. Uh, I like how it introduced Vision. I liked how it introduced the twins. Uh, I really like the uh, the theme of coming together as a family. Um, a lot of this is just like what I think of when I think of Joss Whedon in big budget movies. Yeah. But if you give Joss Whedon a billion dollars and you don't give him enough time to polish his ideas, you'll get this movie. Fair enough. Uh, and those, uh, I, I like all of those things. But it just... I don't know. It was just a little lackluster. A little, like, yeah, okay, I've I watched that. I'll watch it again someday, maybe, or not, whatever. Yeah. Probably not going to think about it that much. Although, uh, I, I do like how you pointed out that a lot of it was about, or I think maybe we both came to this conclusion, that a lot of it was, uh, these are all people who external forces push them into becoming monsters or potentially monsters or, or down the path of being a monster. And yet they can choose to be a hero. Yeah. Uh, I, I like that theme a lot. I do I too. I really like that. Um, I didn't quite get it that much when I was watching it, but now that we're talking about it and thinking about it out loud, uh, I, I think I, I, I missed that part, and I appreciate the movie a little bit more because of that. But overall, overall enjoyment, yeah, it's a good movie. It's a good action movie. All right. I feel pretty much the same, although I rated it a little bit higher. I went to a 6.5. I feel like it exceeded my expectations, but I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could go much higher than that. So I went on the on the very low end of exceeds expectations. I really... This is definitely one of those movies where the things that I like, I really like. Like, if I just isolated yeah. those things, it would be an 8 or a 9 on overall enjoyment. Like, I love the characters. Sure. I love the themes. I love the visuals. All those things we've been talking about. It's fantastic. And and easily would rate those really high. But then you've got all these other things that either I'm bored or I'm confused or I just don't care. There was a lot. And there was too much of that. And and I do think a big part of that is the Marvel Creative Committee. Like, I don't think it's fair to say that it's all Joss Whedon's fault. Like, I and I think a big part of it is that he probably didn't have the time to polish the script right. or, or to even just write a good first draft. So, I mean, there were a lot of external forces that that contributed to making this just not the best movie ever. But I still... I still think it's a fun superhero movie. It's a, like I said before, it's one that I would I would watch again. It's not like The Incredible Hulk where I'm like, thank goodness we reviewed it. <laughs> now I never have to watch yeah. it again. You know, it's not that. So that's good. Um, but I just, especially for a Marvel movie, it's it's just not the best. Um, it's not the worst, <laughs> as we've established. Yeah. Not Thor Dark World, not Incredible Hulk, not Iron Man's sequels. Although a lot of people like three. I didn't like three. So, you know, it's it's like, I feel like it's about mid-range. But yeah, overall, 6.5. It's it's a fine movie. It's got its moments. There are things I really like. But there's a lot dragging that score down, too. So now that I gave it a five, I'm going to change that to a seven. Because That's of what a big I jump. just said. 
Well, it, it changed from meets expectations to exceeds expectations. Purely because of that 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 story, that theme, which I think is there. Oh, yeah. They just didn't really, he didn't de- have time to develop it as much. Um, but autocorrect uh, had a different suggestion for my uh, note. <laughs> external forces lead, this is my note. External forces lead us to be monsters, but we can choose to be herpes. <laughs> Thanks, autocorrect. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, did you give this movie any extra credit? I give it one point. Just like I said many, many times, for the bizarreness of having James Spader as the uh, the hero. That is so the unexpected. hero? Oh. <laughs> huh. Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> for ca- Just for the weirdness of casting James Spader as Ultron. <laughs> that's just so weird. Especially since the only... Th- Thing that I recognize him from, like clearly recognize him, like instantly, I know who that is, is from The Office when he was, uh, what is it, something California? Yeah, Robert California. Robert California. <laughs> and then, and then the, the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, you remember when Ultron was the manager of that office that <laughs> sold paper? <laughs> It's so preposterous. <laughs> it's just so weird. And and yet in many ways, it is the same character. It is the same style, the same persona. It's just, man, that is such a bizarre <laughs> choice. And it works so yeah. well, I think. I, I had to give it an extra credit for that. I know it's double dipping, as you say. All right. This movie could use a few double dips. That's fair. Uh, I didn't give it any extra credit. I I thought maybe I would think of something as we talked. And I don't know. I feel like everything I would double dip for was pretty well represented throughout the grid. And uh, I feel pretty good with my final score. So no extra credit for me. Is there anything else you would like to add about this movie before we give our total scores? Nope. All right. What was your total score? My total score for this movie was... 68.67 exceeds expectations. All right. What was yours? Uh, not too different from yours, actually. 70... Too different? No, I thought maybe it would be, but no, uh, 73.47. Okay. Exceeds expectations a little bit on the higher end than you, but pretty much right in the middle of, of the exceeds expectations range, which seems about right. Like I was saying with, with overall enjoyment, like there's there's definitely some things that drag the score down, but the things that I like, I really like. And, and I think it's things like the, the writing characters section and the, the camera work like that really brings the score up yeah. um, to where I feel pretty good about, about being right in, that, right in the middle of that exceeds expectations range. It's kind of disappointing when you look at it, though, because, I mean, the, the first Avengers, I think both of us rated that one like high 80s, low 90s, something like that. Oh, yeah. It was really high. Um, so to go from, from that to, to high 60s, low 70s, that's... A pretty big dip, um, and especially cool. considering same same writer, same director, largely the same cast. Um, I just missed the mark in a lot of ways, which is which is disappointing. Although I do think this is a better movie than a lot of people give it credit for. I think it's just has the unfortunate nature of being still a decent movie, but one of the worst in the franchise. Yeah, which sounds really harsh, but 
Like, on the one hand, that sounds harsh, but on the other hand, that's how good the franchise is. Right. It, it's not so much a reflection of this movie is bad, it's that every other movie is good. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's a good way of looking at it, since we are rating this relative to other Marvel movies. Yeah. And I do think that a, a lot of the things we dislike would have been, would not have been problems had they given, uh, had they, being the Marvel creative committee, just been a little more hands off. Oh yeah. Like like I get that you gotta have the overall story and I get that you gotta introduce things and I get that you have to set things up. I think that's awesome. I think that's what makes one of the things that makes this franchise so successful. But at the same time, if you're gonna hire one of the most famous writers, let them do their job. Yeah. Uh and, and I think that had they stepped back a little bit and if um if Joss Whedon had a little more time to polish things and work things out. I think this could have been a much better movie. Absolutely. All right. Uh, well, I think that is about going to wrap things up. Uh, so the, the same day that this episode is posting, we're going to be posting Ant-Man. That's going to wrap up phase two of Marvel Mondays. It's also going to wrap up season two of Nitty Gritty Reviews, or I'm sorry, going to wrap up season one of Nitty Gritty Reviews. Season two is going to be starting up in January. I'm going to have a new audio setup. I'm going to have, I've got a full schedule. Hopefully I'll have that schedule up on grittyfilms.com so you can see what's coming up. It's going to be really great. I'm really excited. Uh, so that's going to be starting up in a couple of months. Um, so, so stay tuned, be sure to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss that premiere when it comes up. And if you can leave a review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated and will help us get more listeners heading into season two. And, uh, be sure to check out grittyfilms.com for more updates and, uh, follow Gritty Films on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, just at Gritty Films. Um, should be some exciting news coming up and, uh, yeah, really looking forward to, uh, to, start in season two um but ant-man is still coming up so uh listen to that one too while you're at it um this is a really clunky and awkward outro but that's okay <laughs> thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time